Welcome to Into the Time Vortex podcast. We're talking about classic Doctor Who episode, The Mind Robber, which was Patrick Trout in 1968. My name is Ken. Jonathan. Scott. Julia. Jeff. And uh, The Mind Robber is one of those interesting episodes that is weird. <laughs> and um, I thought it had the best, one of the best first parters ever and then it kind of falls apart a little bit after that but I and it's funny because the first episode the reason they did it that way was because they tacked it on because they needed to do another part yeah the script was too short yeah too short and they didn't have any money they just kind of reused a bunch of they didn't have any sets they had a white background basically and uh, but I thought it was one of the best you know tension wise and everything and then it kind of got gets silly after that but I liked it. It was um, Julia's favorite episode. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I thought it was going to have the mask. Well, it has a master. I thought it was the master until you thought him from the front. From the back, he looked like he could have been the, the master. Um, but, alas, he was not. Yeah. For me, my first exposure to Patrick Troughton was the mine robber. It was the first story I'd seen with him. Which is unfortunate because there's so many other ones that are so much better. But, you know, being a teenager and, and seeing classic Doctor Who and being able to see it for the first time was, it was incredible. But at the same time, I was disappointed because it wasn't one of his better stories. Um, but of course, I, I liked it. But it wasn't, you know, I didn't enjoy everything about it. But we can. Unfortunately, discuss. it's probably one of the best ones that exists, <laughs> apart from the two that they just found, because there's not. I mean, Dominators yeah. and... The Crotons and they're Dominators. Not, they're not really that... Seeds of Death. Uh, there's, well, there's a few... Wargames, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. The, the sad thing is that his first two seasons, I think, were probably the best based on, on the surviving episodes and, the, you know, the novels and the audio is great. But what exists is, like, his, his final season, and yeah. those were... That's when things are starting to go downhill for him and... Mm -hmm. With the exception of the war games, I think that's that season was probably the worst. Invasion. Oh, invasion was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the same writer that did this one, wasn't it? Invasion. Sherman? Didn't Derek Sherman write the invasion? I don't know. I should know that, but. <sighs> so, did you have a favorite character in this? Yes, he did write it. Was Carcass, was, um, Carcass your favorite character? Or, <laughs> I think, his, was he the only made-up one? It wasn't made-up, that was a real muscles. Uh. <laughs> it was just... Oh. I, mean, oh. I don't even know where to begin. Um, it was... It was slow, again. I think the old episodes are just going to be slow for me. Um, and the special effects were laughably bad. I mean, it was just, uh, my kids were in the room when I was watching this, and my 11-year-old just kept saying, that's not even a real person. That's like a plastic muscle suit. You can see the line around his neck. She was just <laughs> horrified. That's when you turn the contrast down <laughs> to the TV and go, this is 1968. I'm watching this. I can't see it. I have to say the worst creature was the, the Minotaur. Oh, because it, yeah. it didn't even have a bull face. It had like it looked like it was like left over from a carnival mask or something. Um, the Medusa, I thought, 
didn't didn't look great, but the whole, the, the stop motion snakes yeah. were kind of cool. I like the Mind Robber. I think it's great because it is different. Yeah. And, and Patrick Troughton, especially when Patrick Troughton is trying to figure out and he's Jamie's face when Jamie, you know Fraser Hines has to leave for because he has chicken pox and <laughs> he screws it up and it's the whole his whole performance is really good because. Especially in the first one, where he's more very serious because he doesn't want them to go out into the void, and they do, and he tries to find them, and you just see him sitting there saying, I will fight you, doing yeah. all the mind thing. They've never really done, you know, mind attacks before. It was really surreal and creepy, the yeah. first part. Yeah, I love the first episode. I mean, those robots are so cool. They're from another show of the unknown or whatever yeah. episode, which doesn't, I don't think it exists. Um, I saw a still photo from what they were built for, and I, but I don't remember the name of the program. But when I was a kid, I had the technical manual, and it listed, like, there was a chapter on robots, and it showed the white robot, and mm-hmm. always wanted to see it, and when I saw the mind robber, I was like, okay, cool, there, there's the white robots. Yeah. Um, they spray-painted them white. I think they were yeah. gray before, yeah. but... Yeah, I mean, that first episode had a really good setup of it, a really good cliffhanger, because you're like, well, wait a minute, now the TARDIS just blew up, you know, so, you know, very surreal, um, and then it gets really silly, and more like, even though we haven't seen it, the toy maker, a social toy maker, um, a fa- like a more of a fantasy type uh, setting, which is not really, it's more like what current Doctor Who is like, they get really kind of when we talk a little bit later about God complex, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you're right about everything. It was really ambitious, so they tried to do a lot, and they the special effects budget looked like it just ran out. <laughs> like, yeah, the, yeah. The, the intelligence was just like a sphere with like cotton and Christmas. Things. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't they all like that though? <laughs> yeah, because well, of yeah. the the cyber controller is something like that too. Yeah, it's a bunch of like plastic cups and. And <laughs> spinning around same with record player <laughs> still I mean I, I'm going to say overall I liked it but you know it just production wise it you know it's just it's like the web planet it's, it's like just well, that was the, too big to to visually realize well that was the way the BBC was back then cheap sets yeah cheap all this and cheap yeah. that but I guess the, what's great is that you see all these different fictional characters from stories you know like the Minotaur and Gulliver, and yeah. Rapunzel, and then D'Artagnan and Blackbeard the Pirate and all that. It, it's just kind of neat. It was very much like a play. Just the way, it looked like the sets, cardboard yeah, sets or whatever, yeah. and then like Gulliver walks in and he just walks off from offstage. Hey, how's it going? You know? And, <laughs> I, th- um, I thought that was really creepy the way he would be, you know, talking to somebody and then all of a sudden he would just like back away and then he's gone. <laughs> and, um... Yeah. Bernard Horsfall is one of, my, one of my favorite Doctor Who actors, mm-hmm. um, and I really I liked that character. Yeah. Um, and he's been he's he played a Time Lord in the War Games, and he was a uh, Time Lord in um, Deadly Assassin. Deadly Assassin, and he, he was, was a, in the, a Thal and Punt of the Dollars. Yes, yeah. uh, I would say this would be a good episode to watch with a group of people because you could probably, um, you know. Sort of make fun of it, even though you know you you liked it. I, I you know a couple of us liked it, but you can still kind of still make fun of it because yeah. of some of the short you know comings of it. But um, <clears throat> but I I thought it was of that like you say of the Trout and it's one of the better ones. 
that we've seen, and that, that you know, that might not be saying much because. Well, there's an, another creepy scene at, towards the end where, you know, Jamie and Zoe get encased in the book. Oh, yeah. And then they're actually evil. Oh, right, right. And they have that evil look after they get the doctor in the. He gets trapped in the fake TARDIS and he's like in, hooked up to the. Yeah, and they're like laughing at him. They're all like laughing at him like they're evil. Which is kind of like neat because you don't usually see that. Not in 1960s Doctor Who. Or in the first episode where they're. they're, It's an illusion and their costumes are the same but they're all white and they're like coming to get the doctor to come out of the TARDIS and they're motioning towards him. You know, that. That was really creepy. The um, you had mentioned earlier about the master, and I, I felt this episode and in War Games there were two characters that oh I wish they had invented the master for those episodes and continued because it it would have been perfect to have the master be the master in this one and in War Games he meets up it's the same character but just a, it's not it was the war it was the war master and the warlord warlord whatever and. It's like that could have been the master too, because he just acted kind of just like it, but it wasn't. We looked like him a little bit too, but mm. that would have been good if we had Delgado as the you know, the master in this one. Yeah, from the back, I thought it was Delgado. Yeah. I thought so too. So when does the actual master make an appearance? Second season for the third Doctor, Terror of the Autons. Okay. Which was a very scary episode to some people, because I I know somebody at a convention talks about that episode a lot, because. When he was growing up, you'd always see mannequins in the windows. And <laughs> <laughs> my my robbery is, is is not bad. I've always enjoyed it. I mean, I'm grateful to have the story to see, as opposed to one of the lost episodes. Like, if this was one of the lost episodes where you didn't see, you couldn't see it, you can only listen to it. it maybe would, it would seem more. You know, it would be like I don't think it would cool. work that well on yeah. audio as some of the ones that are missing. Yeah, you know, the, or I should say the ones that are in Philip Morris's garage or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gotta find out where he lives. I think it's in Wigan. <laughs> you know, but I, Mind Rappers, for what it is, it's it's good, and then he did something different that was out of the norm of '60s Doctor Who, because it wasn't just the run, escape, run, escape, and all that, and it wasn't the bug eye monster. It was. It was more. You know, you actually had to think. How is he going to get out of this one? How is he going to get out of not being, you know, the new master of fiction, the land of fiction, and stuff like that? Um, and he actually uses his brain to get out of it. The Doctor Who, if I remember correctly, the series. I remember a time when they always had an, what they called an oddball episode, and I'm assuming that meant <clears throat> um, an episode that was different than the rest. Like you would have. Um, I don't remember what the oddballs were, but every season there was an oddball episode. It was kind of like a lot different than the other ones, and it was a little controversial because it would be kind of like, sort of like, um, what's that episode where it was from the camera's point of view last season? Sleep No More? Sleep No More is probably considered an oddball because they, they did something a little bit different. And every season of Doctor Who for a while seemed like it had that, and this would probably be an oddball. I guess Celestial Toymaker would probably be considered an oddball because I don't I don't know if that's yeah. you know exactly true, but something experimental. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, you know, land of fiction. I kind of like that idea that you're actually, you know, 
in, in, I don't know, I don't remember, was, was he in the, someone's mind or something? Like no, they were in another dimension. Yeah. Because they used the, uh, the emergency escape <laughs> part of the TARDIS. Okay. It'd be interesting to see that episode of Color. <laughs> yeah. Especially the wooden soldiers. Yeah. Well, they're... The toy soldiers. The toy soldiers. There is no army here. <laughs> so, according to this episode, were, were all those real creatures that got recruited into this universe, or they were created in the mind of the, the Master? I think they were created by, you know, the, the Master of the Land of Fiction there. So, so would they disappear after he gets disconnected? Probably. I thought he was mining the Earth for the characters. Like, didn't have imagine much of imagination though. I mean, if his imagination was better, they would have had better special effects. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on, they were in a forest of words. <laughs> the um, I, my, I'm I'm flashing back to when I first saw this episode, and I absolutely love the carcass, um, <laughs> and I love the fight. And apparently, no one really likes the fight because um, well, Wendy Padbury. Wendy Padbury had went on and on and on about it all weekend at that convention last year, that she hated the choreograph. And obviously, that one scene where she flips him or whatever. Okay, yeah, it's obvious what's going on there, but um, you know, well, and she wanted to redo it, but uh, I still thought it was pretty funny because it did kind of look like she did flip him a little bit. You know? Yeah. Also, I, I just don't get what his deal is. I mean, he's supposed to be a superhero, but then he's like, he's like a baddie, you know, like, is he good or bad? Were they all like that, though? Were they all kind of like, sort of, yeah, I they mean, it's from this guy's, yeah. there's this, they're from this guy's mind, and he sets them up, but then he can kind of manipulate them a little bit, and yeah. so, yeah, he's doing what I'm, what I'm stuff Was around. Gulliver the one who shot Jamie? Who shot Jamie in the beginning? Oh, it was a red coat. It was a red coat, okay. But he didn't actually... Gadoon! <laughs> what do you guys think of the, the other Jamie played by Hamish Wilson? He just didn't have the the whole mannerisms yeah. and... Well... I mean, he was just thrown in there at the last minute because of... No Fraser Ryan's head, but okay. still... I, mean, I was totally confused when I first saw this. The, the voice just didn't so. sound... You know... I guess it's ingenious that they came up with the idea, but... This is the sort of story that makes me think, like, when they first introduced the series, that it was going to be a children's program, and then it turned out to be a family program where adults and kids watch it. This, to me, seems like like a children's show yeah. for this story. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Kind of like Sesame Street a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like, when Zoe's trapped in the jar, I mean, she could totally just rip the paper and climb out. I mean, you know, she didn't have to scream for help. That's the only thing I'm, the only knock I'm gonna give it, and the the monitor, and that's about it. Because I like the rest. One of the I, I don't want to end on this because it's kind of, but one of the best scenes in the episodes from the first episode after the TARDIS blows up, um, when the TARDIS console is spinning oh, around. Oh, Padbury. Oh, there, there's that too. I didn't. I forgot about that. But then, then when the doctor's kind of spinning around or whatever yeah. it was pretty and her scream was like jeez yeah. you know that was creepy and she just, doesn't usually scream yeah and as the TARDIS console just floats into the distance with the with the mist that that was really effective yeah. I think yeah it was really good and the Wendy Pad right yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you for whoever came up with that <laughs>
It was in the script. Derek Sherman did. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, Derek Sherman. Okay. All so right. We're done with this one. Thanks for listening.